Hello lovelies. Before we get started, I want to remind you that all of your winter and year-round dress needs can be met at impactfashionnyc.com. There's the new mod dress, which is this really cool plaid 60s inspired, fantastically detailed dress that I hope that you fall in love with as much as I do. I've got the snuggle dresses, of course, that I live in an entire winter. There's also the pause dress, which is a fantastic year-round piece that is a um, dolman sleeve dress with a pleated top and a straight skirt that's very cool, like very business meeting, also Shabbos, also wedding. It does a ton of stuff. And there are lots of dress and separates options in sizes 2 through 24 at impactfashionnyc.com. Enjoy the show. From Impact Fashion, it's Be Impactful, a show about the women making a difference in their own corners of the world. I'm Rifki Itzquitz, and on today's show, I sit down again with the owner of Drama to reflect on the past year. She shares why she thinks boyfriends are a waste of time, what she learned from the relationship that broke her, the process of dating her husband, and how marriage has affected her business and life. very fortunate to be surrounded by other women, particularly in the modest fashion space, who are just wonderfully supportive. Rahama Jaffa Rosenzweig is one of those women. After she hosted Impact Fashion for a pop-up, I was going through last year's episodes for the anniversary, and so much had changed. I knew she had to be on again. Hi, Rahama. How are you doing today? Hey, how are you? Good morning. Good morning. Hi. We were just talking about how we both really don't like mornings. Yeah, not a morning person. <laughs> Just, yeah. just, just not, just really. Same. But our schedules are what schedules are. And I appreciate you coming on this wonderful morning. Thanks and, for having me. And chatting with me. So this came about, um, well, first of all, anyone who hasn't listened to, you were already on the show um, a little bit over a year ago. And it was a really, really good conversation. And definitely if you haven't, you don't need to have heard that one to enjoy this one. Um, but if you haven't, or if you really like this one, then go back and listen. You can just uh, search for Rahama's name or just scroll back in your podcast feed. And I was listening to your episode when I was preparing the third anniversary um, episode of, of the podcast. And I said to you, I was like, Rahama, you have to go back and listen. I feel like you are a totally different person. I feel yeah. like, I feel like it's, it's funny. I, I literally was like getting into my car. I was like, Hey, it's a good opportunity. I'll listen to it. I was listening. And I was just like, wow, like this changed. Like, wow. So how's it's, your year it's, been? It's, it's, it's really crazy how you can be in one place with certain people in your life and surrounding you doing one thing and your life can be completely different in another fast time. Not even joking. Um, how has my year been? My year has been blessed with a lot of amazing things. I got married this year. I'm married in the summer. Um, I just feel like even just listening to that podcast and remembering where I was like emotionally, mentally, like, I feel like I'm a totally different person. Like it's, it's really weird to like, remember where I was holding and like who I am today. Not that like anything is better or greater. Just it's at a totally different place. Yeah. There's a lot that changes in a year. And what was so 
like mind blowing to me. And I, th- I feel like we can be totally honest here. You and I are friendly, but I wouldn't call us super close. Like I'm not the friend you're calling after a bad date. That's that's not me. Um, but if you wanted to, I would pick up that call. But either way, <laughs> I'm, I'm always up for a good bad date story. I would have but- had to have gone on a lot of dates that I've called you. Like I, I wasn't that person that like dated so much. Like I really wasn't like I I don't know, like I I guess because like I didn't fit into like a certain box. I didn't feel that like people were running after me for dates. Um, I was also I'm quite big on social media. Um, and a lot of guys were very turned off from that. Like they didn't want a girl that was like super, her whole life was out there. So a lot of guys were intimidated by it. And then the fact that I had my own business, people were intimidated by. And then like, I went the route of like having a boyfriend versus shidduch dating, which I don't suggest anyone ever doing. Um, boyfriends are a waste of time. Um, there's like a mutual respect um, when it comes to shidduch dating. Like we are here to get married. And if we're not for each other, then we're going home. There is a sense of res- like mutual respect when it comes to a shidduch date. We're like on a shidduch date, like you're either there to like, we're getting married, we're dating for marriage, or like, this is not a thing. When you date someone like, like a boyfriend, they have the opportunity to drag things out. They have the opportunity to just like, you know, tell you they love you when they don't or tell you they care about you or, you know, it, there's like a lot of boundaries that shidduch dates have that are like with a boyfriend thrown out the window. So I feel like I went about both routes and I definitely suggest only shidduch dating for time purposes. But like I was saying, like I specifically was not somebody that was getting a thousand dates. Right. It's like when it comes to, oh, someone told me the, the best line, which is like the system sucks and I hope that I'm not in it long enough to change it. Or something to that effect and it was and right. it's like if and I even had this like I remember I'm I was with we have a lot of family in Canada so I was in Toronto um and my cousin there was like you have to meet the shotgun you have to meet this matchmaker and I did not want to go I also feel like I should point out like I have zero I got married at 22 I have like I have no right to fetch or complain and like nobody wants to yeah, girl I'm 29 and, like I have okay. and and I have no right to fetch or complain and I say this all the time my husband literally fell from the sky and I encountered a lot of the things that you encountered I had my business at the time a lot of people were intimidated by that people literally told me I'm gonna tell him that you're a teacher because this way he'll go out with you and I was like you can do that but you'll look like an idiot because I'm gonna tell him that you lied um <laughs> like literally And I encountered all the same things. And then my cousin was like, I have this friend, you should go out with him. And, you know, now we're married and have a wonderful family. So like, that's not, I'm not complaining. However, I met with the Shalkin in in Toronto and the, it was a royal waste of time. It was a, I was, I didn't like travel to Toronto to see her. We were already there for, for family things. And I remember in, like, I was taught, I was telling my mom by telling, I mean, yelling at my mom um, after we met with her. And I just said, and I said, this is a royal waste of time. Shadchanim work if you fit in a box and then you match up. If you have, you know, she is she is all of these things that are very easy and neat. And he is all of these things that are very easy and neat. Mazel tov, go get married. But because so few people are actually that, it creates so much. Well, some people it really works for it. Yeah, some people. Like some people are in the box. I guess so. And some people, like, it just goes easy for them. Like meeting Shadchanim, finding a guy get off the boat from Israel that if you are in that category of that box, it's easy for you. Right. You know, it is, or it could take a few guys into the shit of dating, but the system really works for you. Funny enough, after being 27 years old, I was like, no, 28. I was like, 
yeah, this shit doesn't work for me. It's crazy. Like, I'm just going to have a boyfriend. And, like, I was never that girl that, like, I, I was friends with guys, hung out with guys. Like, but I was never that girl that, like, had boyfriends. And basically, really, I don't want to delve into it too much because I'm sure there's people that will, like, put pieces together. But I dated a guy um, that basically, in the nicest way of saying it, like broke me like as a person and I was very there was like so many things that disappointed me about the whole situation the fact that like I didn't respect myself enough to walk away the fact that I let somebody treat me that way the fact that I was dying for somebody who wasn't dying for me um being now in a healthy relationship I know the way I should be treated or just like deserve to be treated and like there were so many things wrong about it but I think what really hurt me was that like I believed everything this person said and I really gave of myself to this person and like I wanted so badly to make it work and like there was a lot of things that happened in his life at the time that like I was trying to like help or fix or aid and like I wasn't seeing that this was like a bad situation and after like I would say about nine months of like dating on and off meeting my family coming for young death like joining our stuff like you know, being a part of my life, introducing him to my workers at my business, like involved in me as a person, meeting his world, meeting his friends, getting to become very close friends with one of his friend's wives. And then when it was over, she just like dropped me like a hot potato. Um, one of my really close friends got engaged and I think it got him nervous. So like, oh, I'm going to want to get engaged now because this was my best friend. Um, and so he I wouldn't say dump me or I don't know how I would put it, but he ended up via text um, and then, and then blocked me like a 10 year old <laughs> and four, four days later was engaged to somebody else. Wait, what? It's literally like a soap opera, like total soap opera. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was horrifying heart-wrenching the worst thing that I ever felt like I went through to be honest um and like after that for a while I was literally like a leaking ship like really like a leaking ship um I just wanted to talk about it with anyone that would listen anyone that would help me feel better like anyone I could relate to like I was literally like anyone who would listen like just eat out my info like I was I was so sad and like I had no trust in boys men that like even if a good thing came I wouldn't have seen it while this was all happening in my life my younger sister had gotten engaged and had a broken engagement um her broken engagement she was engaged to a like a, a very um influential um Shadchan's son and this Shadchan really never set me up before, but always was very sweet, very nice. Like I, I, I knew her, um, but she never, ever set me up before. Um, then my sister's Shadach broke and I was just in a bad place. My sister was starting to date again. And like this boy's mother that my sister was engaged to reached out to my mother. And she said, I know we haven't been in touch, but I really am telling you I met your older daughter's husband. I, I'm telling you, I met her. I met him. And my mother was like, Rahama, like, I'm not telling her you're not going out with him. Like, I don't care if he's from Zimbabwe. You are going out with this guy. And I was like, Ma, I'm not going out with him. It's so random. He's from Manchester. No way. No way. Anyways, 
my mother um, was like, I'm not telling her you're not going out. So like, I don't care if he literally is from Zimbabwe or he's a weirdo or has a limp. Like, it doesn't matter. You are going out with this guy. So I was like, no, it's so random. He's from Manchester. He's this. I was like making any excuse under the sun because in a mental place, I wasn't in a good place. Like I, I, I really wasn't. Like I was still like leaking shit from the last guy. I was like so burnt out. I thought everyone's a liar. Everyone's going to use me. Like I was not trusting of myself yet. So like even if this guy was the most amazing guy, I wouldn't know it if I if it hit me in the face. Um. I had just then started going to therapy, like intense therapy, because it's going to sound so funny, but like, I really felt traumatized by this guy. It, it was a whole situation. Like, I felt like that does not sound funny at all. No, because like a lot of people that go to trauma therapy really go through like car accidents, um, family um situations that happen losing a spouse losing a child that's like trauma those are real traumatic things being molested um, abused like you know those are things that are like where this was like someone broke my heart and lied to me um but in a in a in an awful awful way so you know i had just started therapy so i was like my mother was forcing me to go on the state i maybe it was a session or two in um I was, I, I went out with this guy five times. There was nothing wrong. There was nothing amazing for whatever stupid reason I came up with. I ended it after five dates. The truth is there was always something there that was different than any other guy I've gone on a shidduch date or was my boyfriend. Um, there was a very sense of security. Like this person knew what they wanted, what they meant like that was always there we had good flowing conversations like he thought I was funny when I wasn't like <laughs> that type of, that type of thing but anyways so we went out five times and I was I had ended it then about I would say four months later I went to Florida on my cousin's bachelorette and we were in the pool talking like girls you know they chat when they're in the pool um at this point, like I did a lot of self-work, but like I was still, you know, I'm not going to say like I was like fly high, sky high, amazing. I was still doing a lot of, you know, work and I was still like checking on this person and this person, like, you know, he, I, like I said, four days later, he got engaged. He had then gotten married. And like, of course, I wanted to see the whole wedding and I wanted to, you know, why is this girl interested in this crazy guy? Like, does she not know? Um all his friends were still like my friend, like, you know, a month in and they were still reporting all this stuff to me. And like, it was just like a very unhealthy situation. So I was like in therapy, I was in a good space. I went for this bachelorette, like I was saying, um, to Florida and we were talking and my cousin was like, there's gotta be a guy you went out with that you would go out again. I'm like, come on. Like there's some, and I was like, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe Mikey, like, you know, it was good. And she's like, so why don't you reach out to him? I was like, no way, no way. I'm not reaching out to him. No way. That's so loserish. Who reaches out to a guy first? No way. Chivalry isn't dead. I'm going on and on. My cousin's like, get off your high horse. Like, <laughs> if it was something that made sense, like, why wouldn't you? And I was like, I, I kept thinking about it that night, back and forth. And I was like, okay, hey, forget it. And next day we went to like a, a grocery and the grocery had like these Israeli candies. Mike used to bring Israeli candies. His, his whole family's from Israel, like his, his grandparents, his mother's from there. 
um, and he brought this Israeli candy on the date. And when I saw it in the grocery, I was like, oh my God, if this is not something throwing at my face, this stupid Israeli candy, I was like, okay, I'm just going to reach out. So I texted him, hey, stranger. And he wrote back, it's really nice to hear from you, but I really am not friends with girls. If you're interested in redating, like, let me know. Like right away off the bat, like he wasn't oh. even going to wasn't even going to allow a conversation. He was just very like, listen, like, this is not what I'm about. I'm really about like being serious. Marriage is what I want. He wrote it in a way that met, like made sense. Right. He's like, I'm not, I'm not messing around. I'm not going to lead you, lead you along. Like, don't play games with me. If this is yeah, something you're interested and, in, great. And if not, not. He wrote at the end of it, like, I just finished dating someone. And like, I'm just marriage is my priority. Like being friends with someone is it. So He's like, you could take a day or two to respond. Like, don't worry. Like, I'm not going to be insulted, whatever. So I really thought about it over a day because like, I was like, I can't, I can't just go back out with this guy. Like, I feel like I'm going to hurt him again. Like, I was still at that point of like, oh, this is nothing. He's just my friend, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I went back out with him another, I would say 10 times on a shit update with the same Sharkin, this boy's mother. Um, and again, I ended it for like, just stupid reasons like I was too above like you know and also like we come from very different worlds like you know like he's from Manchester I'm from New York very fast pace not so laid back like I I love things and 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 designer things when this person could not care less if he's in a target shirt and and you know he's just not into it it's not what he's about um he's super super confident which is props to him but like I was just like, we're from different worlds. Like for stupid reasons, I ended it. Like that was it. And after this time, he was like, probably thinking that I'm disgusting. Like, you know, like, cause he, he was very invested. He was. Um, anyways, that was in the summer. Um, September rolled around, October rolled around. It was my birthday. Um, I just... I was like, I don't want to take everything in this past year into this year. Like I was so like, after everything that happened with that guy, I was just like, so like, I'm not going into the next year, like with this, you know, I was like, there's no way I'm going into the next year. (sighs) So I booked a trip with my friends to Dubai, group of girls. We went five, six girls. We saved that money. We went to Dubai. We had a lit, lit trip. It was such an amazing trip. And, you know, like I said, when girls, you know, hang, we talk, we chat. And we were sitting one night on the floor in Dubai, talking in the room. And one girl from Chicago says to me, come on, like, there's got to be a guy you went out with that, like, you could re-go out with. Like, why are you guys single? Because me, they were married. And me and my other friend went, it was four girls. Two of us were single. And she was saying to us, like, you're... And I was like, honestly, the only guy that like I ever went out with that like would make sense or like got me or like thought I was funny when I wasn't was Mikey Rosenzweig. And she's like, so I don't get you. Like, why don't you go back out with Mikey Rosenzweig? And I was like, no, I can't do this again. Like, this guy's going to think I'm crazy. I can't do it again. No way, no way, no way. Well, anyways, leave a girl quiet and alone with nothing to do. Trouble (laughs) stirs. You know what I'm saying? I texted Mikey Rosenzweig again, but this time I was like, listen, straight off the bat, I was like, listen, I'm looking for a friendship. I'm not looking for marriage. And this guy was like, sorry, like, no can do, like, no. Um, so, like, 
this trip was, I would say, this trip was like mid-November that we went. Um, and like, I, I, I like had reached out and like, he said, please stop texting me. Like, we can't be friends. It went on for like about three, four weeks where we were just like texting friends. We still hadn't gone out or seen each other. And then New Year's, the week before New Year's, which is December 31st, um, he texted me like, we cannot be in touch. I'm going on a shidduch date on Thursday. Please don't contact me. Like, this is really like, I need to move on. And like, you need to stop. And I was like, oh my God, you're going out with someone else. Like, what does that mean? He's like, we're not in a relationship. Like, this is not normal. Like, I, I don't do this. This is like three, four weeks of talking, you know, like chatting. Right. And I, I, he's like, why do you even care? You don't want to date me. You don't want to get married to me. Like, like, why do you care if I go on a date? I was like, you're right. Go on a date. Enjoy. And don't be in touch with me. Anyways, he went on a date on a Wednesday night. And I told him, I was like, could you just tell me if it goes well or whatever? He's like, no, this is so inappropriate. Like I'm, I'm, I'm putting my energy into somebody else. Like you can't, this is inappropriate. I was like, can you tell me who the girl is? He's such an out of towner that he didn't hop that it's like socially. Don't tell me like, right. he's like, told me the girl's name. And I was like, okay, okay. I know her friend. I'll find it after going out again. You know, like I was like, okay, I was like, okay, best of luck, whatever. He went out. And I think like by him going on the date, like, it stirred something in me that like, I went upstairs to my parents the next morning and I was like, I think I really want to go back out with Mikey Rosenzweig. My mother's like, you are nuts. You are dragging this guy. You are, you, you date him, you dump him. You say this, you say that. She's like, what is with you? My father, of course, the sweetheart goes, listen, like, if this is what you want, we'll support it. Don't worry. Are you sure? Just be sure. You don't want to, you, you know, you don't want to hurt someone's feelings again. It's, you know, the two parents are just like cracking up for me being not normal. And I was like, I think I told my friend, I was like, I think I'm going to call him and tell him that I want to date him. And my friend's like, you can't do that. He just went on a date. It's not right. Whatever. I was like, you're right. She's like, okay, let's go to Florida for the weekend. I was <laughs> like, okay. We went to Florida and I got a text um, from my gears and so I, can I call you? And I was like, he just told me not to contact him. He just told me he's going on a date. I was like, what? I was like, yeah. I was sitting on the beach. And he calls me and he goes, hi, I just want to let you know that the girl said no to me. Like, I I just, I felt like you wanted to know. So, like, I'm telling you. I was like, good, because I want to date you and I like you. And I was like, pouring out my soul. And as I'm pouring out my soul, the shot that set him up with that girl called and said, I'm so sorry, I made a mistake. I think the girl wasn't still interested <laughs> Mikey, was like, Mikey was like I'm so sorry but I already gave yes to somebody else like whatever I came home Sunday from Florida me and Mikey went on date on Monday and we got engaged in May I was December we got engaged in May um, obviously a lot of things happen in between obviously um, the self work doesn't stop it still doesn't stop that I'm married um Things that hurt you don't necessarily go away. Um, but yes, this is the story of how me and Mikey came about, the real story. And um, it took a lot of work. It took a lot of work and a lot of people to help. And, you know, my initial like feelings is that when something doesn't work, give up, quit, leave. It's easier to be like not feely touchy, like 
and just be like, bye, bye, bye versus working through things, marriage and relationships, like a real stable, healthy ones, or not even so healthy, but just like real, is a lot of work. And it's a lot of putting in work on both sides of people. And I'm not a marriage ex- expert or relationship expert, but I, I've definitely had my fair shares of unhealthy relationships and healthy relationships. So I could say that it, it it's a never ending role of just like work. Like you have to be invested and I feel like a girl does a lot when it comes to homemaking. So there's just like constant work being done within yourself and within your household, within your home, within your relationship. And it's just a lot of work. So yes, going back to your initial question, has a lot changed since last year? Yes, a lot has changed. Um, I had to let go of a lot of unhealthy habits and, you know, learn how to be a healthier human being, a more productive being. Um Rama has definitely personally taken a little bit of a back burner in my life. I feel like I used to have all the energy and all the interest in dealing with it and being there every day, whatever. Since um, being hectic and being in a marriage, like a lot of it has kind of like taken up like a, a you know, a back roll. I'm now just now being married two months, trying to get back into it. I go to the store every day and trying to get back into the line. It's really hard to balance it all. I don't know how like a lot of women that I'm, I'm, I'm in touch with that are in business have kids, husband, and a business. Like managing it all to me is like superwoman. Like, you know, um, I think it's really, really cool and very something that like I'm like total in awe and respect of, but I just don't know how people do it. It's like, I just don't. They don't. I, I genuinely... I, gen- I, I can very much relate to what you're saying about like keeping a house together and all of that. I am not a homemakery type at all. And like I even when my husband and I were dating, I said to him like relatively early on, I don't remember exactly when, but I said to him, I was like, listen, I just want to let you know that like I am not a stay at home mom. I am not like a have supper on the table every night when you come home type of person and I know that that's not going to happen and if that's what you want then good for you and like don't let the door hit you on the way out like it was very early on I was not super invested um a lot of guys dumped me after I said that but the point but he didn't um it was the kind of thing where it was where like I just said like I was very upfront about that and then there is still like when you come into just running your own house and the logistics of that and how it's like oh yeah you need to go grocery shopping like every week probably sometimes more than once a week and like yes someone's got to make the food because you don't have a private chef and like and all of that and like doing the dishes and getting all that stuff together I just found that that was so difficult to adjust to and I know that I personally also I had this very um like I I had this I had this very specific vision that like we would be splitting household tasks 50 50 and yeah right um and I do want to state like very clearly my husband does a ton around the house and probably a lot more than most like even if post people do so much there's still a lot like even if you're not the kind of woman that like has dinner on the table which surprisingly I told my husband during dinner like I don't cook I'm never gonna cook I'm whatever and I've been like really playing around with it and like I've I've had supper on the table but like it doesn't mean it's forever Right. And also you'll find like you'll get into a groove or like you'll find that like you'll end up eating the same five things every week and it's fine. You'll survive. But like and even 
And like, I want to say very clearly that like my husband is super helpful around the house, but also he did not, he never learned how to cook. Like he literally didn't know how to make things. So that was like that, that whole job was something that I just took on because it was just more natural to me. And also I have a lot more flexibility in my schedule. So even though we pull similar hours. He knows how to cook because like he's been on his own. I guess your husband, right. like, you guys. Were yeah, no, he lived. He lives at home until. Uh, well, right. yeah. First so, of all, we were much. We were much younger. Like you and I are the same age now, but I just celebrated my fifth anniversary. So, yeah. So there's that. Um, That's I, exciting. I, yeah, it was. It was really nice. We as people are working progresses. Marriages are working progress. I feel like people who portray they have it all and it's all good and everything's lovey dovey, hunky dory. It's just not real. It's not possible. It yeah. just isn't. Everybody has crap they're dealing with. Everybody is trying to be, you know, good for the next one. It, it's just the way of the world. Like it just is. Whether you're secular or you're religious, it doesn't matter. Like we're all trying to, you know, just survive in different ways. Um, your marriage advice is. I'm not sure. Oh, Sarifka Cohn from Lynx was talking about second marriages. And they obviously, Lynx is an organization that supports children and teens who have lost a parent. And um, they obviously, you know, the 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 parents, the surviving parents of those children uh, will often get remarried. And so they'll, they'll sometimes assist uh, in those situations. And I think that they also even do like um, premarital therapy for couples who are getting married for in a second marriage or something like that. Okay. She did a whole, she, yeah, it's very cool. She did a whole series on Instagram about second marriages. And one of the things that she said was um, she always knows that she's going to be in for a ride when somebody starts with, I never expected. And, you know, and then fill in the blank. I never thought that his kids would. I never thought that her that her feelings would be or whatever. It's like if you go in with those expectations and then they're not met, which I don't think that anybody. So basically, ex- I think you're in short, you're saying like just because if your expectations are not met doesn't mean life is over and it's not good. That sometimes the things yeah. you think you don't need is what you need and that it works. Right. Yes, that would be a very succinct way to say what I just ran. I guess that's kind of also like what I was saying with me and Mikey in short, that like sometimes the things or the people you think that are not for you for different reasons, sometimes, you know, lower down your, not your standards, but lower down your, the high horse you're on and realize that like, it might not be what you pictured or what you imagined, but it's still the most amazing things and it could give you a great life and have an amazing life just because it's not exactly what you pictured. I feel like for me, like, like I pictured something so different, but what I got is so perfect for me. Do you know what right. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It definitely fits. And it may not be perfect for the next girl or a different girl that he dated, but it's perfect for me. And it's, 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 I couldn't have got luckier, you know, everybody, I also think that a lot of girls, like, especially when you get older, you get comfortable. So, like, you're not, you're looking for reasons to say no to people or you're looking for ways out. Because, like, yeah, being single is, is easier. It is. It just is. You're on your own schedule. You can do what you want when you want. Spend your money how you want. It, it definitely is. But, like, there's also nothing like settling down with somebody that is, like, your best friend 24-7. Yeah, it's a forever sleepover. Yeah, literally. I literally someone asked on Instagram last week, like, whoa, what's your what's your favorite part about living with a guy? I was like, it's like a forever sleepover with really good snacks. <laughs> literally. <laughs> it really is. It's like forever sleepover. Also, Mikey finds me funny when like I'm not. So like Fantastic. It works. It works. Yeah. It, it just a lot has changed. You're right. Like also listening to that podcast, like 
you know, last night I played it for Mikey at our dinner table. I was like, I'm going on this podcast tomorrow. This is like it. And he was like, you sound so energetic. He's like, it's not normal. Like, you're like, so like, I'm the first plus size. He's like, you were so like piped up. He's like, we got to get that back in you. I was like, yeah, 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 for sure. It, t- it takes just a little bit of insecurity to get that level of hype out of Rahama, oh I think. God. Oh, my God. It was it was literally like, I don't know, like I, wa- I was like listening to that podcast. Like I was so hyped up. I was so like excited by Drama. I feel like so much has changed that like it became a little bit on the back burner, but like it's not good. Like I, I need to get back into it. Like I'm just like I'm preoccupied with everything else happening in my life. So like I don't have time to like truly focus on it and like. I want to. You you say that you're you know like not focusing on Drama, but at the same time you have opened up a new branch in Farakway. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So let me tell you a little bit about it. Basically, um, my husband, like I said, is from Manchester. So like one of the things during dating was that like you know when he came here to New York, um, he went to Shariashiv in Farakway. He kind of made like friends that are his family, and the one thing that he wanted is that we should start off at the first year in Farakway. Um, at the time I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. It'll be so nice. Like for sure. Yeah, whatever. Not realizing that like, I am so Brooklyn in every sense of the word. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I know people don't want to be called Flatbushy, but I am Flatbushy. I am. You, you reclaim Flatbushy. Oh my God. I am so Brooklyn, like so Brooklyn. And like, I love Brooklyn. I, I have my spots. I have my things, my job, my family. And I think that's what Mikey probably felt that he was like, you have all that, like, I don't have that. Like I, these are my friends and my family now. Like I, I want to stay here to like have some of our own, like his own territory. So I moved to Farakway and I realized that like going back and forth to Brooklyn every day is like a annoying B takes a toll on me and see the driving is a lot. So I was like, I moved to a beautiful complex here in Farakway. It's a two floor complex. And I, was asking the landlord if there's any empty apartments in the building. Like I would rent another one and open up like either I would move the shipping or I would move the office or I would move the wholesale. I, he said like, Oh, we have downstairs on the, in the basement floor. We have like a, a room that like some people rent out if they want to do like a uh, kiddish or like some people rent it out for choose it as their laundry room. Some people make it as their kid's playroom. I was like, can I see the room? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'll come with the keys. So a week later, I came with the keys and we went and we checked it out. Um, I happened to be the person that lived in our apartment before. He was a, I don't really know actually what he did, but he used it as an office space. Like he had a desk and his computer set up in there. So it was like, it looked like an office. It looked like a really big room because there was nothing in it at the time. Mm. So um, I was like to Mikey, like, yeah, we'll build a bunch of dressing rooms. Like, and it'll be like a little shop, like a boutique. Five towns people are always asking me to bring things home. Like, here they could just come shop just for the five towns. So he's like, Yeah, I don't know. Is it worth it to invest? So, you know, you really want to open another store. Like, it is, you know, I really wanted to open a store. I was like, Okay, you know what? So I started, I looked for a location on Central Avenue. And I would say, like, three days before, like, I was going to sign on it, I met with two other stores that, lit, that have stores on Central Avenue. And they said, like, Unless you're a lunch place, the community will not support it like it just you won't survive like we have wholesale businesses we have different things like I really don't suggest you opening it and at first I was like maybe they're just like trying to intimidate me not to open a store like maybe they don't want another store I was like but we're really not competition so we're not like that like I sell plus sizes they're small sizes so I went to a different store that is a hosiery store 
and I was speaking to them and they told us like unless they had like Instagram hype or pop-ups like they said also like if you're not lunch spot on Central Avenue like you're not gym closed like you're just not going to survive so I got very nervous I was like you know let me try it out in the building and see how it goes so I built a beautiful like um, I, I built beautiful dressing rooms. I designed it with the art like I have in the store. I made it a really cute and accessible shopping experience. And I have to say it was busy season. So like I really don't know like if I could test it out. Like I guess now we'll have to see. But like it was very busy before on diff. Again, like I work in the store from 11 to 5. And then I would come and I would do night hours here. So at night it was very busy. And it still still is a little bit busy. Like, you know. So I'm not like rushing to open a storefront, but I'm using this space that I have. Um, it's a little tight in my personal, like my personal feelings. Like I wish that it was like my Brooklyn store is like more roomy and has a lot more space. Here is like one room. Um, I'm able to fit racks and dressing rooms, but like it's not as wide and open as I would like. But, you know, taking it as it is. My real dream is to open up a store in Lakewood. Really? Yeah, I'm really dying to open a store because I do pop-up tours a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and you talked me into doing my pop-up tour, which, like, thank you for doing that. It's very it's, much. Honestly, it was... it's a great way to meet new customers, and it's also a great way to expand your brand. Like, that's the best marketing you could do for yourself. Yeah. Um, so me, I do a lot of pop-ups in Lakewood, and I come back with nothing really I go with like I go with six to ten racks three cars and it's it's a lot of shopping and a lot of work and a lot of planning and a lot of advertising and a lot of advertising to motivate people to come Mm -hmm. like there's incentives but it's my best pop-ups and the people literally beg me to open a store there and a part of me really wants to but Lakewood, I don't know if you're familiar or people listening, I don't know if you're familiar. Lakewood rent right now is like an all time high. Like, is it like, really? I know nothing about storefront rents. Oh my god, it's 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 seven thousand dollars you're looking at on rent. Wow. Like it, it's like abnormal, like really abnormal. Um, and every store is beautifuler than the next. And Lakewood, Lakewood is like a new town these days. It's not what I was growing up with. What Lakewood was like, where we would visit our cousins who were on the Yeshivasher side and like say hello, you know. Right now, it's like a big like, beautiful town. You're no longer going to the Boondocks. Of, yeah, lots of uh, lots of fresh young kids living there with big beautiful houses and really really nice uh, communities. Um, but it's definitely a very populated and overpopulated and very popular town, uh, Lakewood, Tom River, Jackson, New City, like all that stuff. Um, so I really would love to, but we're taking it one day at a time. Like I said, trying to get back in there, you know, focusing on the business for Rockaway is definitely a big hit. People are really liking it. It's good for people who are in Cedarhurst, Lawrence, all the five towns, um and even i have hempstead new hempstead people coming yeah so that's really, good yeah it's really 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 i have to tell you a secret will come up people who are not from brooklyn like myself hate going to brooklyn yeah <laughs> you are yeah. either very brooklyn or very not so right. yeah i definitely see why far away makes so sense. i used to do i used to do pop-ups on central avenue there's a place called events 360 they sure. are very sweet they rent out their space um for a fee for a day, for a few days, whatever you want. So I've done it a few times in their spot and like, it's been very busy. So I was like, that's really why I like motivated me to like try it. Mm-hmm. So now I have this, it, 
I have to like advertise a lot more, I would say. Um, like, you know, people don't necessarily know about it. I'm hoping word of, ma word of mouth or whatever I, I tell people. Um, but my schedule definitely has changed. Like I, I go into Brooklyn every day, 11 to five, then I run back home quickly, make supper. My comes up at 30 and then I'm seeing clients from eight to 10 at night. Um, it's definitely hectic, um, but a good kind of hectic, you know? Yeah. The best, um, the best kind of hectic. This is yeah. giving me vibes of when you first started drama in your parents' basement. Now you just have your own basement. Yeah. It's just, it's really, it's really funny. Um, it's totally not attached to my apartment. Like, you know, so like, that makes me very happy to know that your apartment address is not public actually yeah it, it's like personal space and whatever listen my my apartment address is public because it is in my building but like you no one has any idea which like apartment or whatever right so, like, fine. but and then the day like do i really care that people should know where i live i don't know you should yeah this is this is the the, the anxious jewish mother and me coming out yeah you should really why? I think so. I don't know. It's just because you're public and you're out there online and like you don't know what kind of crazos are watching you and like you shouldn't people should not know where you live. But then again, the you're truth, talking to I'll some... be honest with you. The truth is like I'm not scared because like I really on Instagram, I'm not controversial. Like in my personal life yes, or like true. you, I'll say stuff. But on Instagram, right. Everyone was, everyone was pissed at me that I didn't like get involved in the Guna movement or like the, like they don't like that. I don't comment on like diet fads or like what Rachel Tuchman posts or like Sarah Zoldan. Like they're not they're not like fans that I don't get involved in it. I don't. I post positivity and quotes and like right. my life, and my cooking. I veer off from like what goes on on Instagram. Like I don't comment on. Right. Things. You're not a part of the drama. Right. Which I think is why we can get along. Like all the people who I am friendly with are all people who are not a part of Instagram drama because like why? Who has patience for that kind of stuff? There was even there's been a handful of times when like something has happened that I was mildly interested in and the funnest exercise. And I highly recommend this, by the way, if you find yourself being consumed by something that exists exclusively on your phone, try explaining it to someone who is not a part of that world. It's like occasionally something will come up where I'll like say to my mom, I need to tell you what's been going on. And then I'll say out loud what's been happening. And as I'm saying it out loud, I'm just like, wow, this is so dumb. Yes. <laughs> so dumb and i can't believe that and my mom is like wait but then who followed who and and who said what because like my mom can't follow any of this she doesn't know how any of this stuff works and she's and she's just like wait she bought the dress from where and then she was upset about what and i was like yeah. yes she's like but why would she be upset if a dress doesn't look good on her and i was like i don't know she just is <laughs> it, it literally is you're not ever involved in any instagram like i've never seen you comment even no. in a personal way, I've never seen you comment. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't. I can't overstate how little I care about something that only exists in my phone. Especially, I think that like, especially since becoming a mom and my time has become that much, not that it's more valuable now that I'm a mom, but like it's become like there's only there are more things in a day that have to happen and therefore I need to be that much more careful with it. Wasting right. time, effort and energy on something that literally the second that I not even put down my phone, I close the app and it's gone. Why? So it's funny. So like, you know, the iPhone has like you could have certain times on your phone. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the like parental control stuff. Yeah. So I actually just recently like was like feeling very 
like energy drained from all the Instagram drama and keeping up with every lie that all these bigger influencers are sharing about themselves or that they're promoting or this. And I was like, it was really taking a toll on me because I was like believing half the crap. And then I was like, I know you in real life. Like, why are you doing this? Or why are you saying this? Or like, why are you acting so friendly when you're not? Like, just like certain things. And I, I put the, I put those controls. I only allowed to go onto Instagram for a certain amount of time a day. And it just, it's the best thing. Cause you're right. When you, when something's out of sight, out of mind, like, you don't focus on it but I do feel that Instagram lately has really been draining my energy like yeah. me personally and maybe it's something I have to work on about being more secure and not caring about other people's life maybe I mean we're all guilty of something right so right. I, I, I definitely think that there's work probably within that, that I think that for me it was about especially because like we're on the content creation side right like we spend a lot of time you know, promoting our businesses and that, yeah. and that looks like, you know, making the reels and the posts and, and the stories and, and you're all that. You're so good about it. I like, I don't think of the last time I posted is like probably in like, no, like, like September. Like, I don't So post. I think, I think that for me, tr- being like, I used to kind of see it as like this endless monster that needed to be fed. And it was just like, you need to post every day. You need to show your face every day. You need to be there. You need... And like, that was just a standard that I could not keep up with in my life. And that was really, really draining. And then once I kind of decided, this also happened around the same time that I decided to stop working with influencers. I just wasn't seeing a return on investment that made sense. Most of the companies that work with influencers, by the way, if you're listening to this, are losing a ridiculous amount of money on those things. Meaning they're well, like if anybody who looks at an influencer or anyone on Instagram as sale numbers, that's already a, a, you don't look at it like that. Like, right. Exactly. You're not you're not going to like give an influencer a couple hundred bucks and then see a couple hundred bucks in sales. That's just not how it works. Oh, it's not how it works. Also, like nothing is guaranteed. Also, if you just like, by the way, guys, from learning from experience, if you do not have a contract with an influencer, you are doomed. doomed. Yeah, exactly. Like some sort of paperwork with like people's signature and people's word on things, because otherwise you will get screwed. So true. And and the truth is that it really is a full time job managing those relationships. And I just decided that I didn't want to be spending my time doing it. So I just said, that's it. I'm not working with influencers anymore. And around that same time was around like. And and I think we even spoke about this in your last episode that like I stopped trying to be part of the cool kids. And for me, it was just like this is. Yeah. And it was just like, and you know what? Like the loser table is where it's at, people. It just <laughs> works for me. And I found that like the same time where I was just like, listen, I know that I have what to say. I've always had what to say. I mean, this whole podcast is just me having what to say. And because I know that I've always had what to say and I also have a very clear vision of what I want to do with impact fashion and what, and how I want people to feel and how I want that to, you know, go forward, then I'm just going to do that. And I found that once I made that shift of like, I'm just, I'm just here to spread the light and love in the world, then everything became much easier. I personally view impact fashion as not necessarily just like a, like a shop with, clothes like I view it as you're you yourself are a a little bit of a brand like you have a podcast you have a shop you have an Instagram you have real reels you let people see your real body like you let people see things that make people uncomfortable and you're like this is me and this is you and you should be proud and like I think it's very cool you have a lot of guts that's for sure I watch your reels and I'm like this girl is gutsy this girl is gutsy she's also tired I just I always feel the need to say that because like, I think that it's so easy to look at someone who, you know, does have outwardly a lot of things going on. And and like, you know, like we started off saying, how does she do it all? She is tired. 
that is that is it like show me someone who is who is claimed to be doing all and i will show you someone who is tired and you like post like things that are uncomfortable and like you make it so look so effortlessly it's not it's not it's not effortless i think that for it's it's really not and there were definitely i wish you would talk about that on instagram like posting this the way i'm sitting makes me feel uncomfortable but like i'm getting my point across and it's better I really should talk about it more. The truth is that I don't have like fully formed thoughts on it yet. And I do like to have a, a fully baked thought before I do like before I do post something like we uh, are taught to hide our roles. Everyone has yeah. different ways. You literally get on your chair on the table and you'll talk and you'll sit or you'll put a picture up that's not perfect. And you never talk about like this makes me uncomfortable to see. But like this is what I'm doing and I'm trying to promote like I wish you would talk about it because I'll be honest with you, right? I am fully plus size company. And right. even so, like I have been 300 pounds and I've talked about, you know, my surgery and weight loss and I'm very open about it, but there's still a sense of hiding. Like I, I still hide my body. I right. still wear things that are big. I still, you know, would suggest to people sizing up, you know, in a right. dress. Like I'm not like, oh, this is my stomach. Here you go. Here you have it yeah I don't it's yeah maybe I should talk about it more but it's I think that also for me it was really just something that I got more used to like you do enough photo shoots where you don't love the way that your stomach looks and then you go back and you're just like well I need a photo of someone wearing this dress and it's me so instead of just like putting like I uh, there's definitely been times when I've posted a photo where like you can clearly see belly rolls and I'm like let me make this about body positive empowering belly rolls so that like it's okay that they're out there that's definitely something that has gone through my head so that it's like uh it's to, so that it's like acceptable you know what i mean yeah i hear you because th- then like the belly rolls it's, are the point it's, and it's fine it's that brave. they're there it's brave girl it's brave uh, maybe when, i don't know when I, I see it sometimes i'm like wow this girl's got guts and sometimes i'm like she is nuts <laughs> there are definitely times when i wonder like is this doing the best service to my product like is this like, i think you're i think you're i mean at least the way I think I think you're known like specifically like you're 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 known about embracing your actual body a lot of my we share a lot of customers like I have a few few customers I know buy your stuff that love like your authenticity I think that's what you are I think a lot of companies chase different other companies photo shoots or other companies I I think you're very authentic to yourself like you're not trying to right like you said you're not trying to be cool or with the cool kids or keep up with the latest like you're doing your thing focusing on your own play and like it works for you yeah it does I want to ask you one last question because we have like I don't even know how long this has gone at this point um a lot of um, circling back to how we started this conversation yeah a lot of people would say or would think that your you know we started off by saying how you were, you know, just a lot more settled as a person now and just a lot more just like really a completely different person from a year ago. And yeah. a lot of people would attribute that to you being married. Like you have achieved this success in life. And I'm curious, no, if you just no. made the best face. Oh, my God. No, like, please, 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 please. Oh, I hate that. Nobody is amazing or better than anyone because they're married. It doesn't go marriage equals happiness. Marriage equals contentness. Marriage equals being the best marriage equals I'm better than the single girl. No, I'm actually someone who is so, because I've been single for so long. Like I hate that. It's not true guys. It's not true. I am not better or settled because I'm married. It's not a tribute to being married. Marriage takes a lot of work. It's been a lot of work. I 
I want to be completely transparent and honest. I quit therapy before I got married and it's probably something I need to go back into TBH. Um, it's something I need to keep working at. I quit cause I was feeling very bored and stale. Like nothing was changing at that point. And so much has changed already, but therapy is a good thing to stay in. Even if you don't feel changes, maybe I just need to change up my actual therapist. Um, so it's something I'll definitely explore, but I do think that marriage comes when you least expect it for some people. And mm-hmm. also a person who realizes that like, it was a maturity thing, guys. It was really, I like, I feel like a lot over this year, like I just became a lot more mature. Like I realized that like when Mikey didn't want to date me, like he wanted only date for marriage because that was the end game for him. He, he wanted to be married. Like I was like, Do I want to be married. And I had to sit a lot with my thoughts and my, and my feelings and my hurtness and the, the things that I want and my goals. And like, that's how it happened. It didn't just like one day I was like, Oh, I'm getting married. I'm amazing. No, I'm not better than anyone. I still have my trials and my tribulations and my things that I'm working on and things that I need to focus on. I'm still the same messed up person. Just now I happen to have be attached by a ring with another man. Like it's this, you're, you're still the same. I'm not better than any of my single people, single friends, single acquaintances. I think that you can be very successful and single. It has nothing to do with being married. I don't think marriage equals happiness. I don't think marriage equals status. I don't think that you are better than anyone because you're married. Um, I think that being content with who you are and working on yourself is so much better than quote unquote being married. You cannot be married unless you're really happy within yourself because depending all your happiness on the other person is a lot of hard work. Like, you know, it's just, it's just a lot. Like, you need to really work on yourself in order to be in a healthy, happy place. I am still married, but there's still things that I'm not happy, healthy. You know, I, there's things that I need to work on. Um, I think also when you're like older single and your friends get married, you're like, oh, she thinks she's better than me because she's married. Right. I don't think that. Like, I still talk to my friends the same much I did before. I still make an effort to hang out. I still talk to everybody. I've had friends, like really close friends, that, like, fell face there like we're not friends anymore like you know right I can't say that for myself like I think I make an effort to specifically you know reach out and be in touch and you know I I just recently became very big into hosting I, <laughs> I've, I've been hosting a lot I really like it um so you know like to me like I I want to be in touch with all my friends and I want them to know that I care about them and like that they're not passe because I'm married and they're not um right. That they weren't like part of that chapter in your life. I don't life think and you become, I think, I think in a Jewish societal place, you become somebody once you're married. But I think in the whole of like scheme of life, even in a secular world, you're not nobody because you're not married and you're not a somebody because you're married. Marriage it doesn't define who you are as a person. It's just a thing that you are. You know what I mean? Right. It's just it's a it's a Facebook status. It's not like it's it. Yeah. No, I, I I know what you mean for it was I agree with you wholeheartedly. And yet it was so frustrating to me that like the second that I got married, there were certain people who just treated me better. Like they yeah, did well, respect what that, I had to say more. That that is like you're now at the you're now at the adult table. Do you get what I'm trying right. to say? Like, yeah. But it's it's not it's not right. Yeah. I I would 100% agree with you. It's, it's, somebody, it's not right, but you are out the adult table. You, you do get the better bedroom when you go to visit your parents. Like <laughs> there is there is certain things. Like I don't know. Right. 
Right. No, you're you're right. We could keep doing this literally forever. But unfortunately, we do need to have an end time. If somebody wants to learn more about you, Rahama, or hear more of what you have to say, where can they go? Okay, so we have Drama as an Instagram handle. Uh, come check us out. Come message me. Um, and yeah. Awesome. And one last question. And you know that this one is coming. What does it mean to you to make an impact? I think an impact to me is that some people focus on a whole group of people that they want to impact. To me, it's just that one person that you could change their life and make a difference or let them hear your story. And they could be like, oh, my God, I relate to that. Or, oh, my God, I I totally feel the same way. Like that to me is an impact, you know, being kind and being true to yourself, even when it's uncomfortable Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, is very impactful and it's not about a group or a whole call. It's about that one person that's like, I get you. I feel you. I'm, I'm, I'm on this with you. I love that. Thank you so much for coming on today, Rahama. I really appreciate it. Thank you. This was so fun. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about Rahama, her links are in the show notes. On the last episode, I went solo to share my design process for the mod dress. Listen to it wherever you're hearing this one. The Be Impactful podcast is a project of impact fashion. The clothing line I created because I believe that we are all deserving of the beautiful things life has to offer. See my modest designs that are available in sizes 2 through 24 by going to impactfashionnyc.com. Access all of that by swiping up on the cover art. There are currently 18 people listed by Ora Agunot as a recalcitrant party. View their names, photos, locations, and details of their cases by visiting getora.org slash recalcitrant parties. The episode art was designed by Michelle Moses. Original music composed by Nissan Fetman. This episode was produced and hosted by me, Rick Gibbs, with Catch me on Instagram and Facebook at impact.fashion.myc. As always, here's to making an impact together.